Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Philippine Nurses Association of Nevada now brings you Filipinars. News, interesting features, and events in the nursing community and beyond. Hosted by Doris Bauer. Uh, go. Okay. Good evening, Filipino listeners and followers. Thank you so much for tuning again to our program. And as you know, Philippine Nurses is brought to you by the PNANB or the Philippine Nurses Association of Nevada in partnership with BHLB Radio. I am your host, Doris Bauer. Well, it is now the month of May. We are almost to the half point of 2020. And we have a lot of things going on in May. First, I think May was named as the uh, month of the Philippine, no, it's the Asian uh, uh, month. And also, we celebrate Mother's Day in May. But also every year, from May 6 to 12, we celebrate Nurses Week. So on behalf of the PNANV and PHLB Radio, and of course, Philippine NARS, I would like to wish all of our nurses out there Happy Nurses Week. It is hard to celebrate, most especially in these difficult times. So for now, let us celebrate our lives as nurses. Thank you so much for all you do. And we are still in the shadow of the COVID pandemic. And it seems that the time is moving on so fast. Every day, we still hear about the enormous high number of deaths associated with this virus here in our community and around the globe. For most of us, these deaths have hit us very hard, hitting home, so to speak. All of us know of friends, family and relatives and coworkers who have died from We mourn, we pray, and we remember them. But some positive news have been surfacing. In some states and in some countries, the number of deaths have actually gone down. We are seeing more and more people getting well and recovering after having undergone this difficult infection process. So today, we are going to talk about the positive side of this pandemic. And we have invited some guests who have tested positive to the coronavirus have suffered a variety of symptoms associated with disease, with the disease, and actually have survived COVID-19. So please welcome our guests, the Batita family, Mary, Ken, and Kayla. Hi guys. And, and Mr. Alex Pena. Welcome, welcome. Hi. Okay, great. 
So um, I want to go with each and every one of you and uh, maybe introduce yourself, uh, what you do um, uh, for work, and generally what, uh, you know, um, well, your status is right now. <laughs> introduce yourself. So let's start with uh, uh, Alex. You're there. Go ahead. Hi, Doris. Thank you for inviting me to this uh, podcast. Anyway, I'm Alex Pena. I've been in Las Vegas since uh, March 1993. I'm a retired Air Force, U.S. Air Force and also work for the U.S. Postal Service. Uh, I'm married with one son. All right. Okay. Very good. Uh, and, of course, the Batita family. Mary, Ken, and Kayla. Hi, Ashley Doris. Uh, again, thank you, too, for inviting us to this podcast. And um, my name is Mary Batita. I'm an advanced nurse practitioner um, I've been doing this job for about more than 15 years now, and I am married to Ken. We have a daughter, Kayla. Um, I'm going to have them introduce themselves. Hello, I'm Kayla. Okay. I'm Asa Inovi, and I'm in my freshman year. And my, my name is Ken Medea. I'm an academic counselor um, here in Southern Nevada, and we, as a family, have been here since 1995. Oh, okay. Hey, there's another member of your family. Where is she? Oh, she decided to wander. She'll come back. She always wants to be part of everything. But she's wandering. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get some start with let's get started with some of the questions that uh, we have for you today. So um how do you think you contracted the coronavirus? How long since you've been diagnosed and tested positive for COVID? Who wants to start? Want me to start first? Well, I think, I, I, I suspect that. Mary, do it again. We lost audio. Um, I was Mary. using mask at that time, but Mary, yeah. can you can you repeat? We lost audio for you. Okay, so I think um, I suspect that I contracted the virus when um, when I saw a patient in the clinic who just got back um, from um, South Korea about a week before I saw him, and he was complaining of dry cough and sore throat at that time. And four days after, you know, I was fine, no problems at all. And four days later, I myself started having sore throat and cough. You know, I think that's, that started it. Okay. And then how did, and I guess you, you'll have to tell that story later because you were the first one who contracted uh, COVID, right? Yeah. Okay. I was the first one who was diagnosed. Okay. So, Alex, how do you think you contracted the virus? You know what? I have no idea, Doris, because the day, uh, the week before I went to the hospital, which was uh, April 13th, uh, we were delivering the Vanian goods to every house. And I just found out that one of the houses that delivered the goods that week had a positive for the virus. But anyway, I I had uh, 
dry cough, and uh, body ache. So I went to the military medical center on April 13th. And they would not let, let me in the building. Instead, they tested me with the nose swab. And the next day, doctor called and said, I have tested for COVID-19. He puts me in quarantine, and he released me last Friday, which is me first. Oh, OK. Well, April 13th. April 13th okay, to me first. That's four weeks ago. Time. Yeah, that's a long time. OK. So, um, uh, Mary, let's start with you. Can you walk us through your signs and symptoms, how you, how you felt, uh, what did you do? Um, you can tell your story. And uh, did you or your family get tested for COVID, which I think you did. So walk us through, you know, your signs and symptoms and mm -hmm. how you felt. So I just got, you know, um, we, we lost the epidurals, but um, I guess you were asking me about you know the symptoms and how my family got it correct right right so, um, so anyway so i i um after that week when i started having a uh, dry cough and sore throat i was i i didn't actually go to work the whole week because the cough was so bad um you know i i had somebody write me a prescription for z -Pack, and then i felt better the following week but then this was in right. This was, was in, in March. March. That was in mm -hmm. March 8th. And see if you can see, if you can tell, March 8th up to today, I'm still having symptoms. But I'm going to talk about that later. So um, I came back to work after a week of being off. But mm -hmm. then I started feeling that warm sensation. It's like a feverish sensation. But every time I check my temperature, it's always normal. So what I noticed is that my skin, they call it like, now I know how big, you know, the, the term for that is COVID is. And I just feel like it's burning. My skin is burning. It's like hot flashes, but it, it lingers. It is so bad. It, it, it is just so bad. And, um, and the fatigue, that's what I, I you know, the, the, I've been feeling fatigue and, um, and that symptom. So I had myself, um, tested for my thyroid because I thought, oh, it's probably my thyroid. So I had a blood test done. My thyroid was normal. But at that time, they found out that my liver function was elevated. So my liver was inflamed. And they couldn't find out why because I don't have hepatitis. I don't have any other problems, um, significant problems. And these this symptoms continue. It, it continued for several weeks until I said, I cannot take it anymore. I called the employee health and they told me go to one of the urgent cares to be tested. That's how I get tested. I had a nasal swab and uh, I tested positive. And then they told me to quarantine for 14 days. I really wanted to have uh, hydrochloroquine at that time. But they found out that they don't give that medication outpatient. You have to be an inpatient to get that treatment. Oh, wow. So I get this a second ZPAC. Remember, I had a ZPAC the previous yeah. um, so I had the second round of ZPAC. It didn't help me. So um, two days after, you know, I said, this is getting worse. So I called my friend and said, go to the urgent care. And then, and then 
she emailed me and said, you need to go to the hospital. So that's, that's how it all started. I was hospitalized for five days. And, um, and then they give me hydrochloroquine, okay? Mm-hmm. So I could tell that medication, even though they say there, there's like a mixed um, review about taking hydrochloroquine on patients with COVID, but I think it did help me because within two hours that I took the medication, my fever just went away. It's for the first time in, in several weeks that, you know, I, I didn't feel like feverish. Right, so I uh-huh. stayed in hospital for for five days. They gave me uh, another Z pack together with hydrochloroquine and also I think Rosif, and they also gave that to me. Five days later, was discharged. I went home, and then I heard my husband coughing, and then said, "Oh, you're coughing," and then he said, "It's just allergies," you know. I said, "Please check your temperature because I could, I I was still weak, you know. I just got out of the hospital." Right. And then, and then he had a low grade fever. He had like a hundred point six, I think. So I said it was my time. I said first thing in the morning, go to the urgent care because I tested positive already, which he did. Right. First thing in the morning, he went to the urgent care and he got tested. And he was, um, and before before that, um, he went to the urgent care and they found out his pulse ox was only eighty five percent. So they oh, wow. didn't even. Yeah, he didn't even see him anymore. They just called 911. He was brought to the hospital, okay? And they tested him there. He was tested in the hospital. 45 minutes later, they told him that he's positive. And he stayed um, in the hospital for um, almost two weeks. And most of those days, he stayed, like, in the ICU. He was about to be intubated. You know, he had a very bad, he had a severe ARDS. And, um, you know, miraculously, he, he got over it. He fought it. So um, I think it's really, it's really a miracle that he wasn't intubated, um, but um, he made it. And then when I got home, um, I mean, I was, you know, I'm home with my daughter this time. He was in the hospital. We haven't seen each other. My daughter started coughing again. I said, what's wrong? He said, do you have a fever? I said, no, mine. She's coughing. It's allergies. He said, no. I'll bring you to the urgent urch- care. So the following day, I brought her to the urgent care, and true enough, you know, she tested positive. Um, she was given ZPAC, and she, you know, she's young. So she, yeah. um, after that, she, yeah, she, she bounced back really quick. And she's fine. She's the only one who wasn't treated with hydrochloroquine because he was been hospitalized. So this, um, that's, that's what happened. So for two weeks, and Ken um, is at home now. He's still on O2 option. And uh, um, we're trying to, I'm trying to win him off symptoms anymore, except for me. That's what I'm telling, that I'm still having that residual symptoms of fatigue. Mm-hmm. In the afternoon, it starts, and also that COVID fizz. I still yeah. have that I know exactly when it's going to start. I put eyes on my like thighs because it's like burning. It's, it's not neuropathy, but um, it's hard to ex- explain it. There's not much article regarding it, but, you know, that, that's the symptoms that I have, fatigue yeah. and, and that, yeah, the burning sensation. 
Well, let me uh, let me just sort of kind of get this straight for people who are non-medical listening to this program. Uh, when you say O2 sat is 85, that is the saturation of oxygen, the level of oxygen in your body, correct? Yeah. And uh, when you have uh, what the, what's the normal miss nurse practitioner? <laughs> have at least 95. 95 and 85 was very low for you and that was for Ken. So at that the time Ken. you got tested positive, they did not test Ken or Kayla. No, they did, they did test him. Ken was tested no, in the hospital. Time. At the time you at, No, at the time that they the time the got tested? That, no. That, that you because, were positive. No, because this is the thing in, in Las Vegas. If you're not symptomatic, they will not test you because at that time it was early on, there's not enough test kits. So they would only test patients who are presenting with symptoms. And we didn't have symptoms. And they didn't have any symptoms at that time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Ken, if I may ask you just one thing, did you suffer sort of kind of like the same symptoms as Mary did? Mine was kind of more light. Um, I had sleep apnea. So I felt like when I was waking up and shortness of breath, that was my sleep apnea. So mm -hmm. when I went to the um, urgent care and they whisked me away through the ambulance, I didn't know that my uh, oxygen level was at 85. Um, and I didn't know that I was uh, having that much of shortness of breath, but they said that my lungs were completely dark and full of cold. Wow. Actually, they told me that um, before his test came out, when he was in the hospital, they mm -hmm. were told that your husband's chest x-ray is so bad, and we, we are almost certain that it's COVID long. Um, that's what they told me. It's very typical, and we didn't know that he had severe ARDS at that time. But he was, yeah. he was still talking, you know? He, you know, he yeah. was like short or anything, but, you know? And, and Glad that you know I told him to go because I don't know what to do with him, you know. If I let him stay in the house because that night was when they told him they're gonna intubate him, you know that the the, the same day that he went to their hospital is the same day that they told him he's gonna be intubated. I know we were all horrified because we were following your story, and um, you know I we're so glad that you're all okay and uh, still recuperating though. But Kayla, uh, you are younger. Uh, what kind of symptoms did you feel apart uh, that's different from your parents? Uh, well, first of all, I started chemo-resmed symptoms after my mother was admitted to the hospital. And I noticed that my father and I had symptoms, but mine was what a little bit different. Um, well, I noticed that I lost my sense of taste and smell, and mm -hmm. then I started coughing, but very faintly, it's not like hacking cough, you know, and then yeah. a fever. So two days after my mom came back from the hospital, she wanted me to get tested. Yeah. Well, you know, and you, ne thank goodness you never did go to the hospital, and uh, maybe it was, it's your age, you're younger, and also, you know, but you did were sick and you stayed at home, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, but you still had to go through that whole thing. Yeah. Okay, wow, that was a lot for you guys. 
Um, and okay, let's let let's th thank you for sharing your story, um, Alex. What about you? What did you feel? What types of symptoms did you have? How did you feel? And did your family get tested as well? Well, uh, Doris, as I mentioned earlier, I went to the hospital on April 13th uh, because I had body aches, uh, fever of 102, and also had dry cough. I tried to go to the emergency room. They would not let me in because all those folks were out there ready to test me. So they yeah. tested me. And then the following day, I got a call from the doctor saying I, I tested positive for COVID-19. I was surprised because I did not have any shortness of breath. I did not have any other major symptoms besides the cough, the muscle ache, and the fever. So um, <laughs> I told my wife, son they were shocked to find out i was positive so we immediately put our mask luckily my wife the week before has had been making masks uh, oh yes uh, she's not working right now virus so right. we done our mask and also used gloves and went to separate rooms i had my own room my own shower my sons had the same thing and my wife had the same thing different rooms, different shower. The only thing we would see each other is during dinner when my wife finally uh, called us for dinner and I would be eating at a separate room. My son and my uh, wife would be in the dining room. Uh, so it feels like I was out of touch for about two weeks. The doctor told me I could have been off the quarantine after the 14th day. However, I had a sporadic uh, fever. Uh, oh. He said, okay, if you can maintain four days in a row without fever, I will release you. This was after uh, April 28th. And guess what? T 29th, I had a fever again. Oh, so my goodness. This, uh, okay, uh, tw 29th, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what goes on in the next three days. May 1st, he finally decided to, uh, okay, you're clear. You can go back to work. I said, Doc, I don't want to go back to work. I want to retire. Give me some paper. <laughs> so he did. He wrote me a note. I'm on. Uh, I'm on. Actually, I'm on vacation till May 31st, and then I'll retire after that. Uh, none of my families, uh, including my sisters, my wife, and my son, never. None of them ever tested positive, although they did not, and they did not have any of the symptoms at all. Even cough. You know, it's amazing. You normally you would have some cough, but they didn't have any of those. Uh, so we, like I said, it's been a lonely two weeks, but I'm glad to get over it, so. Oh, that's good. So you did not have like the need for oxygen. Did they x-ray no. you or give you no, any? No, they did not even x-ray because they said I had a dry cough. Uh -huh. the, only, the only thing they gave me was Tylenol for my fever. So. Wow. And I did took some remedies. Uh, I drink a lot of hot water. I stayed in the, outside the home for two hours or more in the sun, on the sun. Uh, I drank some uh, cinnamon sticks that's put into a gallon of water. I drank that uh, a lot of times and it helped, you know. Wow. Wow. So we can see the difference in the symptoms between all of you guys. You have some specific symptoms different ages, specific symptoms, different situations, and even the way it has affected your your whole family when you're all living in the same household. So this really is a virus that 
it's unpredictable. Yes. Yeah. We, we there's a lot sure. of things that we. Yeah, yeah we for sure. Add to that, we are very careful. You know, we 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 clean the house like crazy. Um, I mean, even in the clinic, you know, it's I'm the obsessive compulsive one. I I would clean my desk, um, don a mask, put gloves on. I'm they, they laugh at me at work because they said you're you're you know you're paranoid. That's what they call me, and I said it's okay, you know. But 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 still, can you? That's what I, I want to say that this virus is really bad. You know, I stayed mm -hmm. in that room with the patient for only 15 minutes, but then I got it. I, I was with, I was using um, amazing, but not uh, an N95. I was just using a regular mask. Uh -huh, but then, uh -huh. of course, when you examine the patient, open your mouth and on, and then it would pop in your face, and that's probably, you know, like like how you I got, got it. it. But yeah. we do, uh, we started doing that just like what Alex did. We isolated, I mean, all of us, we have our different rooms, and uh, the restrooms, we have their own, we don't share, and the only time that we, we really get... Okay. Well, we lost the audio a little bit, Mary. So, um, okay. Um, sorry about that. But uh, I mean, it's it's pretty amazing. So, uh, it's still it's still there's still a lot of unknowns here. So, um, how did I'm going to give you the next uh, question that I have for you? How did having the coronavirus infection affect your life? I mean, physically, at work, your family emotionally, psychologically, and financially? Well, for me. <laughs> That's a lot of so, I, I think, Alex, I have a lot to say because, you know, we were the ones that affected the most. Sorry, Alex, I know you're fine, but let's name it. Emotionally, psychologically, financially, everything. It's like, hit us, like, uh, okay, so... I'm so stressed all the time. I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm thinking of Canyon Hospital. Um, I'm worried about Kayla. You know, I'm thinking what I'm going to do, um, where I'm going to get my groceries. I, you know, I, I can't go out. I'm, I'm quarantined. And I'm just so happy and glad that we have friends who've been bringing food. I mean, nonstop. Yeah, I was gonna ask that. What's like, yeah. that? Kayla said, "Mom, can you please tell them to stop because we don't have any more space in our fridge <laughs> and the garage fridge, and you know we, we don't have. I mean, they they just so um, it was just so nice for them to do that. But I've been off work. I've been off work for almost um, I would say six weeks now. Yeah, so of course. No, no, no. Uh, that, that affected us uh, financially. I'm glad that Ken is still, you know, um, still being paid. Uh, being um, he doesn't go to work because it's like what? We as a in the school systems. Yeah. yeah. So we work online. But yeah. but the stress. I mean, it, you know, when you're stressed, the immune system goes down Absolutely. even worse. And that's probably why I'm, you know, I never got a chance to really recover because I'm like constantly, I'm not really resting from the hospital. I'm supposed to be recovering. But what happened was even worse because now, I mean, I haven't seen my husband. We didn't see each other for like three weeks, right? 
because mm-hmm. I was in the hospital, hospital for two weeks. And then um, everything. It's just like I'm not so used to doing things that he used to do. I don't know how to do the bills. He's doing the bills and everything. It, it was it was so bad. Psychologically crazy. I would say also that uh, the anxiety is up. And I would say because what happened and having almost like a post-traumatic stress disorder from all of this. Yes. COVID, yes. I'm just so like tomorrow is my first time to go to work and I'm scared. Wow, you're going back. Going all right. Back to work, yeah. So just to update you, we got tested and Ken and I are now negative. So that's a good thing. But, awesome. But say, hey, it's very negative, but I'm still having the residual symptoms. Where Kayla still has the virus, the residual. So we're still watching, but she's asymptomatic. She doesn't have any problems. That's good. That's good. So, Ken, how has it affected you differently than Mary? Well, for me, it's, uh, uh, I guess, more of a spiritual thing. Um, I want to, you know, with what all that happened, that we're here with God's will and mercy and with all the prayers from our friends mm-hmm. um, that made a difference. I just know that the prayers while I was laying in bed and they made me go prone, many times for eight hours a night, um, which I didn't, uh, you know, you, you just believe in the Lord that you're going to wake up the next morning or you won't be intubated. Um, and it was the prayers, truly the miracle of the prayers of our Lord and his will and the intercession of Mother Mary that keeps me here. And I'm forever grateful for that, that I'm here. Um, I don't think if it wasn't for our friends and family, and all the people praying for me, I would be here. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, we had a marathon, Navina, all of you guys. Um, and, and Kayla, um, yeah. what do you say? How has this affected you? Um, oh, I'm so worried about my parents. Um, the thought of losing them, it hit hard. It was very scared. I bet. I bet. We were all worried about you, but thank goodness, thank goodness. Okay, Alex, your turn. Um, you know, how did it affect you and your family, physically, emotionally, psychologically, and all that? Well, physically, I, uh, I, I learned some things that we take it for granted. Uh, mainly, uh, hugging my family, my son, my my wife. I miss those during during the isolation. Having dinner together, you know, there's three of us in the house. When my wife calls for, for time to eat dinner, sometimes we say, okay, I'm busy, I'll be there in 30 minutes. Same thing with my son, you know. Uh, we, would, we took that for granted. But during isolation, I said, wait a minute, I miss having dinner with my family, you know. I miss hugging them. I miss the shouting because we... <laughs> Sometimes, you know, those are, <laughs> I took for granted, but I missed them during the isolation. So yeah. now that we, you know, once the doctor cleared me, first thing I did was to hug. Oh. My, my wife, first of all, my son, then my sister came to our house the other day and we all gave a big hug to each other. And I said, look, I'm no longer positive. Just have that big hug that you have been waiting for. So we, we had a mini I shall say get together uh, with my sisters. Um, my manager, manager uh, supported me a lot 
while in isolation. First time I told him, I'm going to be on sick leave for 14 days. Then after that, when the doctor keeps extending me, I told him, okay, put me on sick leave till May 16th. <laughs> then after that, once I decided to retire, I said, okay, I'm not coming back to work. <laughs> vacation after my sick leave. They said, okay, well, just, uh, just be careful out there. I don't want you to come back to work anyway because I don't want you to, uh, to uh, get your coworkers uh, exposed yeah. to that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. My friends, they even gave me a meal every now and then. That that goods that we delivered to buy in the end project. Uh-huh. Hey, food just showed up at the door. Leo Belmonte and Amy Belmonte comes out with a teriyaki madness uh, lunch. Yeah. And the next thing, uh, yeah. next day, I get soup from uh, Ati Globe, Gloria Kawili. And I'm really glad to have all the support from my friends my associates, my coworkers during this incubation, because without them, without their prayers, I don't know how I would have gotten through this because it, it, you know, uh, the only positive thing that came out of this is it gave me time to think whether she should retire or not. And after those 17 days in isolation, I just decided, okay, I'm not going through this. I'm going to retire and enjoy life from here on. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's really a, a wake up call, yes. and it seems that all of you have had a lot of support from your workplace, your family, and the people that you know, uh, including some, a lot of prayer warriors out there praying for you all. Yeah. And uh, it seems that the belief in that, you know, made you a little bit stronger. Would you think? Is that, Definitely. Is that a fair assessment? Yep. Okay. Amazing. Even strangers, you know, people we don't know. Yeah. Yeah, would would offer a prayer for us and and their family and their the friends of their family and oh my gosh, it's just overwhelming. Yeah. It's overwhelming yeah. support from everyone. Yeah. I remember day you said, "Oh, Kayla is the Kayla wants a city gang or something." <laughs> Yeah, and a few minutes later, there should be done. So you can really see the support of our community, our Filipino community, you know, uh, for um, people like you. And like um, Alex mentioned, the Bayanihan Project is uh, actually a project that the Filipino-American community put together here to help the people that are uh, suffering from COVID or affected from COVID, whether or not they are actually sick or they were furloughed. So we appreciate the help of the community. Anyway, okay. And so and now- I wanna add something, Atidoris. Yeah, yeah, because of what happened with all the, the help that we got from, uh, I mean, from that we received from friends and family and everyone, we wanted to give back and so we, we um, sign up to donate our plasma, you know, to, um, yeah, the, the three of us signed up for it and um, we already started the process. That's fantastic. That was, that's what I was going to ask you next was now that you have recovered, what have you done or what are you going to do? Um, so you just mentioned that. And uh, I think that's, I, I really truly believe in, in that plasma, um, you know, the antibodies from there, I, I truly believe in that. How about you, Alex? Uh, 
what are you going to do now besides you're going to retire and we're going to have a party soon, right? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But anyway, uh, yes, if, uh, according to the doctor, my doctor on base, they said, wait for two weeks before I can uh, donate my uh, So that's that's in works right now. That's uh, it. I know it. It, I would do anything to help anybody out there that have the virus that can cure anything that would cure them. I will do anything right now because I don't want to go through the whole same thing I've been through for these past 17 days. And, you know, it's, it was hard. So anyway, uh, I just want to, you know, we had a strong support system and that yeah. got me through. So. Yeah. And that's really pretty big. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of ramifications from this uh, COVID pandemic. I mean, it has affected you guys, and we are seeing that also affecting all the other victims uh, and and also the families of those people who have tested positive for this virus. It's really very diff very difficult well it's good alex you're gonna retire mary you're gonna go back to work ken you're still online as a counselor and kayla you're kind of you're online too are you finishing your school there i can't hear kayla i can oh. repeat the question please because we lost you oh you lost me okay well i was saying that now that um, is gonna retire, Mary. You are going back to uh, work. Well, I and, wish I can retire too. <laughs> I wish I had the liberty to retire. <laughs> and and Ken is still doing his online. And uh, what are you doing, Kayla? Oh, I have online school as well. Yeah. Can you say yeah. repeat? Oh, I have online school as well. You have online school. Yeah. We had okay. to rethink what we were going to do in the fall because she did, she wanted to go back to you know being stay in the dorms or an apartment, but because she's testing positive right now and we don't know if she's shedding, we don't want her to infect other students because it takes one student to infect the whole student population. So she'll just stay at home for yeah. a while with them and and keep home yeah. hopefully social distancing from people. Yeah. Yeah. So. So the whole plan for you guys after COVID is still not, you know, clearly uh, set. So like we said, it's changing every day. And so we just have to kind of wait and see because there's a lot of still unknown, you know, with this, uh, with this uh, process or this disease. Okay, so what is your message to the public about this COVID pandemic? I know that right now we're doing everything that we can, but there are also other schools of thought deviating from, you know, what our medical person, uh, you know, the people in authority and also with the politicians. So what is your message, personal message to the public regarding this pandemic? Do you want me to start? Yeah, let's start with you, Mary. Okay, and I just want to um, say that don't um, let your guards down. Always, you know, we, 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 there's so little we, we know about this virus. So make sure that you to protect yourself and protect your loved ones. Hand washing, mask, um, avoid parties for now, social isolation. Make sure that you um, um, drink plenty of fluids. It's very important. And 
vitamins, uh, vitamin C and zinc and stuff like that. Um, also, we started doing, um, you know, that ginger, how do you say that? Steaming, you know, we put, we, we put hot water in a bowl. Ginger steaming. Yeah, ginger steaming. Yes. Yeah, we, it's just anything supportive, you know, just, but, but still, um, I just want to let everyone know that because you are asymptomatic, that you don't, you don't have um, the virus. And that is how a lot of people get infected because they, they don't have any symptoms. They go out there and they know that they're infecting other people. So you as a, you know, um, as an individual, you have to protect yourself always and plenty of rest. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anything from you, Kev? My uh, message for anyone um, and is that, you know, of course, I want to thank the nurses and the doctors, but at the same time, I want to tell the doctors, not the nurses, because many of them were Filipino, that you have to believe in miracles. And the night that I was going to be intubated, um, my uh, uh, saturation was really low. And then by uh, three o'clock, four o'clock in the evening, when the prayers came in and everyone kept praying for me, um, my saturation was 95 and it kept up. So believe in miracles because yeah. they do happen. Yeah. Oh, oh, Ken. It happened. I, oh, it's okay. We all and felt I, it. Yeah. He, he's we a miracle, miracle man. Yes. You're a walking miracle, Ken. Explain it. There's no way to explain that you have a, a very Saturation again. You know his ABG showed only 44. Oxygen, you know. Oxygen. Oh my God. And yeah. that's what they were talking about the intubation, and um, like in a couple of hours, they, it just started to go up slowly. You know that you know they checking it 92, and uh, I talked to the nurse at that time, and she said that we're watching him, but the next time it goes down, he surely be intubated. And it never went down. It just kept going up and up, up to like I think ninety. Ninety five. Yeah, ninety five. Um, yeah. And so the doctor said, I think you know he'll make it without being intubated. So it's very. You know, I know some people. The doctors don't don't think about miracles, but yeah, we do believe. Our family. I think it brought us one thing that's positive about what happened to us. It is that it even made us closer to God. You know, we we, we prayed as a family before, but now it's even our faith is even stronger than what it was before. And he he just we had so many miracles, and we cannot tell all of it um, here. But but we have so many. Our family are so blessed, and we have so many miracles that came out from all this all of this COVID. Um, infection, right? It's COVID disease. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. COVID is the infection. It is a disease. It's the condition. It's not the virus. Okay. The, the virus is uh, is the SARS um, CoV two. That's the virus. The COVID is the disease. So we interchange it all most of the time. You know, like okay, we have the COVID. But yeah, yeah, we're you're here. fine. Mm -hmm. You're fine. <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> okay, Kayla, what do you have? Yeah. Sorry? Uh, Kayla, what do you have to say to the young people? Um, don't 
touch your face. <laughs> Don't touch your face. Touch your face. Yeah, I'm okay frequently because COVID can hide in dust particles. The dust particles? Yeah, that's what you said, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, you said it could be underwear. It could be everywhere. Yeah, baby said at first that it could be like airborne. And then there's so many things that you can get it uh, through uh, fecal, oral, route. They're just, we, we, again, you know, there's so little about, we know about this, um, this virus. So just be, be very careful. Very good. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you, Batita family. And uh, Alex, you have the last word. What is your message to the public about this pandemic? I think Mary and Ken had sent, said it all as far as prevention-wise and, uh, you know, praying for, for everybody that may caught the, the disease. Uh, right now, I know it's not the best time to come up with any anything uh, new, but I invented something for our frontliners. You did? What is it? Yeah. I'm donating these to, uh, I'm donating these to NAFA. Uh, probably in a couple of days, and oh, there you go. I'm scratching my eye again. But anyway, uh, anything I'll do to help prevent the disease from spreading, especially to our frontliners, that's why I decided to uh, construct this face shield. That's wonderful. Hopefully, yeah. our frontliners can use them and Great. prevent the disease from spreading. And I do know for a fact that even the frontliners in the hospitals, you know, they do have their N95 masks, they have the goggles, but they are clamoring for the face shields because, you know, uh, especially those people who have glasses, who cannot put the goggles on top of oh, their glasses. The glasses. So um, that's, that's, that's wonderful. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome, Doris. All right. All right. So there you are, ladies and gentlemen, our listeners. Uh, you have heard from some of the COVID survivors. And there are many more survivors with varied stories and varied experiences. I would just like to thank Mary, Ken, Kayla, Bella, where are you? And, and, <laughs> and Alex, Alex Fania, for coming to our podcast to uh, share your stories. This you guys are definitely the light at the end of the tunnel. So thank you so much for sharing your stories. Okay. Thank you, Doris. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, and so for you that out there, um, our listeners, we would like to impart to you that we are not over this crisis yet. There are still a lot of unknowns about this virus. New information come up every day some of them for the better and some of them for the worse. So we still encourage you to keep your social distancing, maintain good hygiene, wear your mask or facial coverings, be mindful of yourselves, adhere to the state guidelines on staying home or on outdoor activities. Again, be mindful of yourselves, your families, and your neighbors, because what you do or the decisions that you make with regards to this pandemic will affect you and your community. So thank you very much. And in celebration of Nurses Week, Philippine NARS would like to give a tribute to all of you nurses 
you are the heart and soul of healthcare. Especially now, you are the heart and soul to the cure of this coronavirus pandemic. You are champion. Thank you again for all you do. And we have something coming up for you to honor you because you are the champions. This is Doris Bauer, your Philippine nurse, signing off. For be the last one standing, two hands in the air. I'm a champion. You'll be looking up at me when it's over. I live for the battle. I'm a soldier. Yeah, I'm a fighter like Rocky. Put your flag on your back like Ali. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.